0: Our reading today, we take it from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. These can be found on page 1053 of the Church Bibles. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. I'll give you a moment to find that. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost.
1: Margaret, thank you very much for for reading for us. I remember, Margaret, um, you remember the first time you told me about your fascination with Japan, which I think was way back. uh, Triggered in university days, wasn't it? Um, That you suddenly found yourself drawn to Japan. Um, It's weird to think all these years later how God has led you. Um, Very lovely. Um, I don't know if it's true, um, but there's a story told of the, the Baptist preacher uh, Charles Spurgeon, um, who apparently had this rather peculiar way of training his students to preach. Um, and the, the way it worked was like this. He, would, he had one of those, um, uh, you know in those old churches, you've seen those raised pulpits with a, with a sort of staircase that sort of goes up to them. Maybe you've, you've seen them um, places. Well, he used to put some little bits of, um, of paper folded up at the bottom uh, of the staircase. And, uh, uh, and what the students had to do, they had to go forwards, pick up a bit of paper, and then they had the amount of time they took them to, to walk up the stairs, to read it. Um, and then by the time they got to the top, they were supposed to preach a sermon. Wow. Um, anyway, so on this particular day, there was, um, there, there was a, rather, a rather nervous uh, and, uh, and a rather uh, short student. And um, he came forward, picked up his bit of paper, and the, the text was the story of Zacchaeus. Anyway, so he gets to the top of the, of, of the pulpit and he stands up and he's all, all flustered. And he said, I've, 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 I've got three points. Um, I've got three points from this story. And, and, and the first is that Zacchaeus was a very small man, and so am I. <laughs> and then he said, and the, and the second thing I've got to say is that, is that Zacchaeus climbed up high, and, and so have I. <laughs> and then he said, and the third thing I've got to say is that Zacchaeus came down quickly, and so shall I. <laughs> um, and that was it, he was done. Um, now, you might be thinking that, that that's quite a good plan, actually. I quite, I quite like that idea. I wonder if Steve will pay attention. No. Um, not, not, not my plan for this morning. Um, uh, instead, I would love us uh, to, to borrow from that little story three things. One is that we're going to have three points. Um, and that they all involve that sense of compulsion, of, of a must. So I've, I've got sort of three musts for us uh, this morning. Um, the, the first is, I must see Jesus. It, it is the weirdest little story, this, isn't it? Um, I mean, translated into modern terms, and what have you got? You've, got? you've got some sort of high-flying businessman in his pinstripes and his leather brogues shinning up a tree. It's just weird. Um, and although at one level it's sort of almost rather humorous, uh, behind the humor are some uh, considerable problems. Uh, the first is the obvious problem of Zacchaeus's stature. Um, verse 3, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. Now, th- that's just interesting. You stop and think about it for a moment. I-, I don't know whether a few years ago, I can't remember how long ago it was, the Tour de France came to f- came to Cambridge, you know, the, the famous bike race, you remember? Um, and, uh, and the crowds came out to, to watch the race uh, begin uh, out near um, Parker's Peace. But, I mean, it was no problem getting a view. You know, I mean, you could find, you could find a place on the edge of the pavement pretty easily, actually, uh, down the road. But not here. Here, the crowd is so dense, so many people desperate to see Jesus Christ. The poor old Zacchaeus at the back can't, 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 get a, can't get a peek in anywhere. Too small. Can't see. And the, the other problem that Zacchaeus had is that he can't tap people on the shoulder and say, excuse me, do you mind if I just come through to the front? You know, would that be all right? Because um, I'm short, so he can't see. No, 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 Zacchaeus can't do that. Uh, Zacchaeus tapped somebody on the shoulder, he'd be as likely to get sworn at or lynched. Because they hated Zacchaeus. Because Zacchaeus, like all tax collectors in his day, uh, was an outcast. First, an outcast because they were corrupt. That they made their money through extortion and and backhanders. Uh, They made their money through using the, the power of the Roman Empire as their sort of enforcers as they squeezed people for money uh, and took more than they should. And, and because it was all tied in with the Romans, then not only was Zacchaeus hated for being corrupt, he was hated for being complicit, tied in with the occupying forces. Now, don't, don't minimize that. I mean, just, just pause for a minute and think about it. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to be clumsy, but it, it would be something like a Ukrainian official deciding that they are going to to side with the invading Russian army. Think of the hatred towards such a person in Ukraine right now. Well, that's what we have in this decision of Zacchaeus, hated. And yet, he wanted... He needed. I must see Jesus. So much so that he casts dignity aside and, and, and does shin up this tree to get a place where he can see as Jesus comes past. Now, now what drove that? Why, why such desperation to see Jesus Christ? Was it a fascination? He heard perhaps that Jesus had performed these miracles, blind, able to see, lame, able to walk. So he wanted to to catch sight of this miracle worker? Maybe. Or or was it something rather different? Was, Was it a different rumor that he'd heard about Jesus? Had he perhaps heard that Jesus welcomed people like him? that he'd heard that Jesus associated himself with prostitutes, with sinners, and even with tax collectors. See, it's, it's interesting to notice that if you look back at the references to tax collectors that Luke has mentioned so far in his gospel account, uh, there have been five of them uh, to this point. And all five are positive. So if you go back to chapter 3, we read that even tax collectors came to be baptized, asking teacher, what should we do? And then in, ch- in chapter 5, we discover that it is Levi, who became Matthew, that is called by Jesus from his tax collector's booth. Then in chapter 7, we read that all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right. Then we move on to chapter 15, where Jesus tells the parable of the lost sheep, you remember? Uh, Leaving the 99 to go after the one. And who is it that gathers round Jesus to hear him tell that story? It's the tax collectors and the sinners. And then in the chapter immediately before our one, if you've still got it open on page 1053, then you can just look across the page and you can see it over there, chapter 18, verse 9. Jesus tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You remember the story that two men go up to the temple to pray. And the first is a Pharisee who stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and certainly not like that tax collector over there, puffed up, full of himself. Whereas the tax collector, we're told in the parable, stood at a distance, would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus wraps up the parable by saying that it was this man, the tax collector, who went home justified, before God. So, do you think that's what Jesus has heard? What Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus? That Zacchaeus has, has caught this truth? That this Jesus welcomes people like him, even people like him. And he just wonders might he receive me as well? Is that why he had that sense, I must? See Jesus? Well, the second must uh, comes from the lips of Jesus himself. Uh, you see it there in verse 5, where Jesus says to Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. It, it's, it's a great scene, isn't it? The, 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 you can v- picture it in, in your mind, um, This this vast crowd, noisy. Maybe they were singing. They were singing when Jesus came into Jerusalem, weren't they? Maybe they were singing here, certainly shouting. A carnival atmosphere, I guess. And everyone's gazing at the road. I I mean, I don't know, if the Queen comes to Cambridge for the Platinum Jubilee, we'll all be out there and everyone will be looking. All the eyes are fixed uh, to try and see uh, her as she walks down. I, I guess it was the same there. Everybody's looking. And then suddenly, the figure that they're looking at stops. Nobody at this point is looking at a tree behind them. But then as Jesus stops and Jesus turns and Jesus' eyes lift up to the tree, suddenly everybody's turning. Everybody's looking up. And the noise stops. And every eye catches sight of what maybe nobody had noticed. Zacchaeus perched up the tree behind them. I mean, can you imagine it? Suddenly, the silence. And they notice Jesus' eyes fixed on Zacchaeus' face. What do you think they thought he was going to say? Did they imagine that a tirade would leave his lips? critique of this collaborator, this crook. And instead, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. You'd hear a pin drop. They couldn't believe it. Of course, Zacchaeus comes down. Of course, Zacchaeus welcomes him gladly. Well, he would, because this is the most extraordinary honouring of Zacchaeus. Uh, It might might feel a bit odd to invite yourself to somebody's house, but in this culture, hospitality was the way of honouring another person. And to to honour someone with your presence uh, spoke volumes. So for Jesus to ask to enter into Zacchaeus' house, to choose his home as the one in which he would eat and stay. That was the greatest honor that Jesus could have paid him. And Zacchaeus can't believe it because it's not supposed to be like this. Even for somebody to talk to a tax collector was kind of unacceptable. No upstanding Jew would do such a thing. But Jesus doesn't just engage him in conversation. He shares a meal at his table. He sleeps in a bed in his house. He enters into friendship with this man. What would we liken that to? How could we capture a flavor of that? I have no idea. For For those of you at school maybe, if, if you think about the coolest kid uh, in your school, uh, and you know, everyone wants to be their friend because they're really cool. And actually, truth be told, you're, you're kind of one of the nerdiest. And then suddenly, this person pays you a bit of attention. And first you think maybe they're, they're just winding you up. They're just tearing you up, and they're going to they're gonna drop you in it. And then you realise... Now, actually, they do want to pay you attention. And they, and they talk with you, see you. They want to see you over the weekend. They want to form a friendship with you. And you think, where did this come from? Well, that's something of what's going on here. And Zacchaeus is overcome with joy because he's overcome with grace. Because that's what we're seeing here. It's undeserved favor. There's, there's no reason, no basis for Zacchaeus to have ever dreamt that he would be on the receiving end of this attention from Jesus. But suddenly there it is. Jesus engaging with him. Jesus eating with him. Jesus staying with him. Jesus coming into his life. That's what it is to become a Christian believer. Maybe we have forgotten that. Maybe we've never known it. To become a Christian believer is to receive grace, to be overwhelmed with astonishment that Jesus Christ, utterly pure, utterly good, thoroughly wonderful, would be willing To enter into relationship with us, by his spirit to dwell with us. For him to love us, for him to be with us, and to know that we deserve none of it. And it leads to a third must. It leads Zacchaeus to say, I must put things right. You see the crowd uh, there in verse seven. Well, they respond by beginning to mutter. That sort of disgruntled kind of little undercurrent of what on earth is this? Can't believe it. It's gone into the house of a sinner. Are oh, they're not happy. And, and do you see that incidentally that puts them in the Pharisee camp. Do you catch that? For them to say, What are you doing that for? With him? Because I'm really glad I'm not like him. Why on earth didn't he come to stay in my house? I mean, my house. I mean, that I would understand. But to him, do you see what they're doing? I thank you that I'm not like them. But here, and and there is a contrast at this point. Zacchaeus responds in verse 8 by standing up and delivering his speech. Because that's what it feels like, doesn't it? The, the, The first thing about it is that he stands up. Like, like he's going to make an announcement. He's declaring something important. And then, then secondly, do you notice who the de- declaration is to? He speaks to the Lord. It's, it's not the crowd that he's got something to say for. It's not as though he's trying to sort of appease them, win them over. You know, he hears them muttering. And so he says, you know, look, crowd, it's okay. I'm going to do something really lovely here. Now, he's, he's not thinking about them. They're not his focus. His focus is the Lord. Having received this extraordinary favor from Christ, this acceptance from Christ, he responds to Christ. Look, Lord. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. It's extraordinary. His net wealth... Decimated in an instant. Because I take it there were quite a lot of people that he had defrauded. So paying back four times the amount to each of those, uh, his bank balance is collapsing by the moment. But if, Jesus, if Zacchaeus in this moment lost wealth, he gained salvation. Look how Jesus puts it in verse 9. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Interesting how Jesus puts it. Salvation has come to this house. Actually, Jesus had come to this house. But it's one and the same, isn't it? Because when Jesus enters in, salvation has entered in. it's really important um, when you stop and think about it to, to, to not misunderstand what's going on here we, we mustn't imagine that somehow Zacchaeus' repentance is earning him salvation it's not because he puts things right in this way not because of all this restitution of money and this giving away of, of his wealth uh, that Jesus therefore agrees to go into him now, the gospel never works like that. That the repentance that we see in Zacchaeus' life is a response to grace. It's not the way that he earns anything. So, so get the sequence clear. This encounter begins with a sense of need. I must see Jesus. I must. There's a burden upon me. I must have him. It continues with a gift of grace. I must stay at your house. And it's that that leads to the response. I must put things right. It's why Jesus came. It's what he tells us in that little mission statement at the end. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We don't think we're lost. And Jesus didn't come for us. And Jesus will never come to us. And Jesus will never enter in to be with us. So as we finish, I I must ask, where are you in this? Which of these musts most presses itself upon you this morning? Is it the sense that I must see him that, that I must discover or rediscover my need of a savior? Perhaps you never have come to this Jesus, but this morning, as you see what Christ was for Jesus, what Christ was for Zacchaeus, as you as you see the way that he responded you you see that you want that for yourself. Or or maybe you know that you have drifted quietly away over the past years and somehow this morning, afresh, you feel, I must see Jesus. I must see this Saviour. Or maybe... Perhaps the, the must that catches your attention is the must that Jesus speaks, the must of his grace. I must stay at your house today. Uh, maybe what you need most is to is to re-experience uh, all of his gracious kindness to you. Easter's actually a great time to do that, isn't it? Uh, you notice the opening verse of our passage? Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. He's passing through because he's on his way to Jerusalem. And over these coming weeks, morning and evening on Sundays, we're going to travel with him on this journey to Jerusalem, this journey to the cross. Well, Easter would be a great time to reflect again on all that Christ did in order that you and I could receive grace. To reflect on the cross to reflect on his passion to reflect on this one who gave everything for you whose life was given up that you might have life whose, whose righteousness can be yours because he took the punishment that we deserve over coming weeks travel with him or maybe the must that you identify with this morning is I must put things right. Because there's a relationship to heal. There's a debt to repay. There's a service to give. But if it is that last one, be careful. Because you know what we're like. We, we love to have stuff to do. Yeah, we, we love to, to to bring the focus back onto us and and me and my response. So be careful. Make sure you haven't inadvertently hurried past the first two musts. The must see Jesus. The must know his grace. Don't get the sequence wrong. Begin there. Begin again with this extraordinary outpouring of grace. Begin again by remembering that that's what it is to be a Christian believer. To know that this Jesus of extraordinary purity Longs to enter in, to enter your home, your life, your heart, to bring you grace. Every genuine encounter with the living God always produces two things a profound sense of our spiritual need and an astonished realization of the grace of our God. And in a sense, as we finish, we could reflect a little bit like our flustered student from the beginning by saying Zacchaeus was a sinner. And so am I. Zacchaeus encountered grace. And so do I. And Zacchaeus was changed. And so, by God's grace, will I. Let me lead us in a prayer. We thank you, our Lord God, for this beautiful story of your grace. Uh, Poured out in lavish terms. Uh, to a man in desperate need of grace. Uh, And we are that man. We too need your grace. Uh, We too need you to pour upon us mercy. Astonish us again this morning that you would do such a thing, that you have done such a thing through Christ's life and death and resurrection through all that he has accomplished for us, that you might indeed enter in uh, to our lives. Uh, Thank you that you are such a God of grace and we praise you afresh this day. Amen.